much love. One minute, boys will adore you, then ignore you. We could just pull out our hair. Sometimes they're so far from charming, it's alarming. You can't take them anywhere. You're supposed to be where it's at. Whoever came up with that. Girls, I just don't get it. It's episode 16, season 4 of Average Love. And that, of course, is noise about boys by the most famous twins on the planet, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Hi, Julie. (laughs) Want to know a fun fact about Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen? Always. I share a birthday with them. Do you really? Yeah, they are one year to the day younger than I am. So I really, truly did grow up with those women. Uh, But yes, I share a birthday with the Olsen twins. Wow. You know what? I actually looked up some like, bet you didn't know they were twins uh, lists. Oh. And Rami Malek. Rami? Rami Malek is a twin? His brother's name is Sammy or Sami. So Rami and Sami or Rami and Sammy. (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. I know. And Linda Hamilton of Terminator fame has a twin. Vin Diesel is a twin. Wait, I feel like I knew, but Vin Diesel's twin doesn't, they're not, No, they're they're like the not identical, right? They're fraternal or something. Yeah, they're fraternal and like, you would never know. Okay, yeah. And then, yeah. John Heater of um, Napoleon Dynamite fame is also a twin. And he looks like his brother, though. Oh, yeah, they're identical. Yeah. And then uh, Giovanni Ribisi's a twin. No! Yeah, his sister Marissa Ribisi. And she's also an actress. Wow, Scientology twins. Fascinating. Yeah, now Aaron Ashmore, who is an X-Men and everything. Or no, his brother, he's a twin with his brother, Sean Ashmore. Sean Ashmore was in x-men and then aaron ashmore's on tv but they are so identical i'm like which one is like the low end Ashmore? because <laughs> they're like spinning image and then of course um ashton kutcher's a twin oh i did not you know, know that? that yeah his brother michael kutcher has cerebral palsy well ain't that some shit yeah there's so many and i was just like wow like parker posey's a twin really Parker Posey, her brother Christopher Posey, and Kiefer Sutherland is a twin. Like, there's that. There's more than there's. I did not know that. I the only real twins that I ever think about in Hollywood are obviously the Olsen twins, but also Dylan and Cole Sprouse. Yes, yeah, because they were also child actors, and many child actors were twins. Yeah, and they're on Archie now, right? Yeah, one of them is Archie. The other one is in this very weird movie on Prime right now, like my make-believe boyfriend or something like that. He also Oh, do you think his brother was like his body double for it? (laughs) (laughs) I wonder. Although um, he did pop up in the news in the past like two weeks because he took an inexplicable, like very, very explicit selfie of his butt and posted it on Instagram. And nice. so that was uh, kind of a, yeah, kind of a weird thing. But um, yeah. You know, um, Laverne Cox is a twin. Oh, wait, I did know that. Yeah. And her and her brother played her in the, in yes. her flashbacks on Orange is the New Black, which I was just like, wow, that's neat. That is. And of course, that- Scarlett Johansson. And it's very funny to see a picture of Scarlett Johansson with her brother because it looks like you and your brother. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, True story. <laughs> I, I, yeah. 
my brother and I don't look a lot, don't look alike at all, which I find very funny. Um, because yeah, they're just Scarjo and her brother Hunter. I just find it so interesting, like because I literally don't look like anyone in my immediate family. Like you can look and see, but it's not obvious. You know, my mother has black curly hair, and I have blonde mm-hmm. hair and blue eyes. Like my brother has dark hair. Da da da. So I'm always so like when I meet someone and then I meet their parents or I meet their sibling and it's like jarring how much they look alike. Mm-hmm. I find it throws yeah. me because like even you and your brother, <laughs> like I could be like, oh, yeah, you're related. But I wouldn't see your brother and be like, oh, my God, that's Renee's brother. You know, like, yeah. And I didn't even I grew up with a lot of friends who were only children. And I also. Mm. Yeah, like I didn't even grow up with people where they, they looked like shockingly their siblings. Anyways, when people look shockingly like a sibling or like their parent, I'm mesmerized by it because it's such a foreign concept to me. And like I have a cousin who has twins. They're toddlers, twin toddlers. Oh, yeah. And people assume it's because she did in vitro, but actually she's like third generation of like twins in her family. Like her mom mm. was the only not like her yeah it's her mom and then the two twins or her mm. uncles and they're fucking uncanny like i meet her uncles and i constantly have to stop and be like okay hey, which uncle is it and they're like in their <laughs> 60s and they look the exact same and i just i don't know funny. i don't know how i would handle it if i had a twin i mean if i had a twin i'd obviously have eaten them in, in the womb <laughs> But we may never know. But, you know, I also but I was going to read a list of um, <laughs> pairs of twins who committed murder together. <gasps> but I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the celebrities. Wait. Because <laughs> this is not a murder podcast. <laughs> no, it's not. But there's that. Should there's be. that. <laughs> should be. There's that movie with Tom Hardy where he plays twins that were like real mobsters. Those would be Reggie and Ronnie Cray. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so you know exactly what I was talking about. Uh, Because I have my list open, you see. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I just remember because Tom Hardy plays them both in the movie. And um, Tom Hardy is a beautiful man who mumbles, but he is a beautiful man and a very talented actor. Um, And one of them was an out gay man, which I remember also thinking like damn you're like a mobster at any time in history but especially in like the early 20th century i think it was that he they were doing their thing like maybe like the uh, 20s yeah. and 30s anyways and one was an out gay man who like didn't give a shit and if he didn't like it he'd just murder you so you know that's one way to like fight homophobia i guess <laughs> <laughs> there's a pair of um murderer twins on this list that look like john leguizamo <gasps> and i also think that's fun but he is not a twin so you're so safe because <laughs> <laughs> i do love him and i don't want to have to oh. stop loving him give me some tibble any day oh my fucking god boz lorman's romeo and juliet was my sexual Oof. awakening also mine was actually the pest so <laughs> <laughs> Same but different. Same but different. Sensational. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we're going to take a hard, hard turn to the right because I read a book that I swear the whole time I was just waiting for a Jesus reference. It was, it had everything, all the ingredients for a good Christian tale. So oh um, 
which is a real fucking shift from finishing four straight weeks of Anne Rice <laughs> and pony play. And I mean, I feel like we did need Jesus after we read those. 100%. I was like, give me salvation. So I decided to do something I'd never actually done before in all of our time doing this podcast is I was at the library picking up another book um, that uh, I highly recommend called It Was Vulgar and It Was Beautiful. And it's about how queer folks used art to fight the AIDS epidemic in the 80s, which I highly recommend. It was my little, I was like, I want to read a book for pride. And I just thought I'm going to put in romance plus twins into the Ottawa Public Library and see what comes up. (laughs) And, okay, as usual, go to our Instagram and Twitter to see the cover of this book. You look at the cover of this book and it looks like a pamphlet for miscarriage. (laughs) Oh, no. It's literally a white hand with a wedding ring holding up little pink booties that someone knit. (laughs) Like little knitted booties. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's so it's like okay and it's called expecting royal twins and i say it that way because there's literally an exclamation mark in the title <laughs> nice that's exciting expecting royal twins by melissa mcclone um was published in 2011 and melissa mcclone interesting woman she has a degree in mechanical engineering from stanford and worked for various airlines inspecting airplane engines but thought, I really want some happily ever afters. So she quit that to write romance full time. She now lives in Oregon with her family where she writes a ton of books. So she has tons and tons and tons. Lots of Christmas series and stuff that just looks real contemporary Christian. Nice. But there was no Christianity in my book. I was very surprised, but I'm telling you it had all of the ingredients that make it seem that way. So... (laughs) This book is called Expecting Royal Twins, and it starts with Nikola Tomislav Krasimir, who is the crown prince of Vernonia. <laughs> okay. And all he wants is to see his country advance, progress, and be well enough to join the European Union. But um, his dad is like, okay, but you also got to get married. And if you marry Princess Juliana of Alieset, she it will bring peace to the country because it will be sort of like a an olive branch extended to this other country and he likes juliana juliana likes him they get along there's no like romance per se there's no like deep deep love but they really do like each other and they're like you know what for an arranged marriage of convenience this isn't the worst shot but the hiccup is his country has a tradition where grooms give a bride box to their wives. And it's something that's passed down um, and given to you at your birth is this bride box. And because there was a civil war in the country, a lot of artifacts were stolen, which I'm like, you know what? If you're going to have a civil war, steal from the monarchs. I'm fucking here for it. Are you listening, Britain? Now is your time. The queen is weak. Prey on her. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So anyway, so someone stole the bride box. And they have been on a mission for 20 plus years to figure out where the hell the bride box went. And then they get a tip that someone was selling it on eBay, not knowing what it was. And they find out that um, somebody in Charlotte, North Carolina, has this box that they're trying to sell. And so the 
monarchy is like, oh my god, let's do this. So they, the king sends the prince to go and do it. And he's like, why can't you just send an underling? And he's like, because then they might not believe that it's legit. If you show up, they're going to know this is a legit heirloom. And it's like, okay. So he goes to Charlotte, North Carolina, rolls up in his limousine to a mechanic shop. Because Isabel Poussard, also known as <laughs> Izzy, is a mechanic in North Carolina who is dreaming of joining the Daytona 500 pit crew. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just a tomboy who likes to just be greasy in the mechanic shop and she's fixing up a car when a limo pulls up and Nico as he is known exits and said you posted online that you found an antique box and he's like I would like it and she was like oh I'm not selling the box I was looking for the key I was trying to buy the key or any anyone who had information about the key so that I could open the box and he was like oh no no I need the box. And she was like, fuck you. This was given to me by my mother who died in childbirth. So this is really important to me. And I just need the key to open it up. And I'm hoping that there's maybe some heirlooms of my mother's. And he's like, um, I have the key. Cause I gave you the box when we got married 20 plus years ago. And she's like, excuse me. I'm in my twenties. And he's like, yep. So it turns out that her father that she never met was actually Prince Alexander Zavanir. Oh my God. And her mother met him while she was backpacking in Europe and that her mother did not die in childbirth, but in a terrorist attack that <gasps> killed both her and her father during the civil war. And that their chauffeur, who was a loyal family friend took the baby and fled to the U.S. to just basically start a new life. And all of the people in the country just assumed that she died, she perished in the terrorist attack. Turns out she'd been oblivious living in the U.S. So what we're looking at is kind of a princess diaries situation is the premise of this book. This woman doesn't know that she's royalty. He needs her to come back to the country because he needs to be married to unite the country. She's like, I just want the fucking key to this goddamn box to figure out what this is. I don't, I think you're full of shit. And he was like, well, here's the key, opens up the box. And sure enough, it's a coffin. (laughs) Sure enough, there's a picture of her as a baby um, wearing like regal regalia, basically. And her parents are there. And there's a letter that um, this who she thought was her uncle that raised her, that he wrote to her explaining the situation saying, you know, when you're old enough, I hope you read this letter and understand that your parents loved you very much. And this is who you really are, but I'm doing this for your own safety. So now she's like, what in the ever loving fuck? And he's like, you got to come back to my country. And I guess we have to, be together i guess and then papa who sent him there was like yeah that was my that was my secret mission the whole time i knew you wouldn't do it if i told you the truth so yeah you guys have been married since she was like six months old they were basically betrothed to each other and you need to come back and have a wedding to unite the country and then produce an heir and she's like this is like a weird twist to anastasia yeah (laughs) yeah it's a weird it's like very detailed so she goes there and he's like we'll just go we'll have this wedding and then we'll just 
get divorced and then you can come back and live your life. And then, you know, maybe by coming here, you can see, maybe you can meet like a long lost relative or you can go and see your hometown and you can kind of treat it just like a trip, but it'll bring peace and unity to my country. And so she says, okay, I'll do it. So she goes and the dad's like, oh no, you can't annul that marriage because then that's going to create more havoc. We need peace and stability. You guys need to be married and you need to have children. Meanwhile, Juliana's in the wings being like, dude, I thought we were getting married. What in the ever loving fuck? And one of the things I did like about this book is they don't just discard Juliana. She ends up befriending Izzy. Izzy and Juliana end up being friends because they're both like, look, neither of us are in love with this man. We're just in this situation for convenience and for world peace. So like <laughs> there's no like mean girl resentfulness, which I really appreciated honestly. Cause I thought this was a perfect premise for someone to go full. Like these two bitches were, you know, stabbing each other in the back and shit. So they're like, Oh God, I should like, I don't want to fucking marry this guy for the rest of my life in this foreign country. Like I want to go back to where I'm from and I want to marry for love. And then they're so her and him, here and Nico are like, maybe we'll fake your death. And he's like, but people already think you're dead. So like you came back to life and then died again. Like that seems fucking weird. And then she's like, <laughs> what if I escaped? And then he's like, well, then we're going to have war. And they're trying to figure it out. And then finally she's like, okay, I guess I'll just be the bigger person. So what do you think happens? Well, of course they slowly start falling for each other. And then there's all the classic princess diaries pretty woman my fair lady tropes around how she can't speak properly and she's a tomboy she doesn't like dresses can't wear heels doesn't know what forks to use like there's all that kind of shit and he's like super mortified and like just a judgy piece of shit the whole time um and finally they have this marriage they get married and then they go to consummate the wedding and she's like oh fuck but he's actually like very sweet and they have this like beautiful connection. And then she realizes like, Oh, I might actually have a crush on this dude. And he seems really into her, but then the next morning is all business again. So then she's confused. Like what the fuck? Um, and keeps like basically showing that he likes her, but then pulls back right away. So she doesn't know what to do. And then they have to go on this honeymoon and it's super awkward. And she just calls him out. Because she's like, you are very into me when we're in bed, but then otherwise when we're in public, you're like a dick to me. And she's like, I, I, we're going to have to live apart if we're going to do this because she's like, I can't, I can't deal with your bullshit, but they have to make up appearances. So they come back to the country and they have a welcome parade because they got married and they have their honeymoon <laughs> and they have this <laughs> welcome parade. And one of the trucks in the parade breaks down. So what does she do? That story of your life. What does she do? She dismounts from her fancy carriage no, in her fancy no. dress. I forgot. She's a fucking mechanic. <laughs> and she gets down on her hands and everyone's like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, like we need a mechanic. They're like, we've called one. And she's like, yeah, we well, you know, I can fix it. I'll just do it. And he, her <laughs> husband's mortified. People in the crowd, like old biddies are like giving her cut eye and booing and then like super mad at her for doing that. And he's like, I come from a very traditional country. People have ways that we do things and you've sullied our name by seeming like we're a commoner and people like us because we're aspirational. We can't seem like we're one of them. 
And she says, fuck this. I'm moving back to the US. Good luck with your fucking bullshit. So she leaves, but she decides that she's just going to leave and go somewhere else in the country for a while. Go back to the hometown where she was born. Maybe just try to blend in as a regular person and just try to see what her roots are like, basically. Well, then she starts to feel sick. Why is that? Royal babies, royal twins. A hundred percent. So then she calls him up and says, I'm pregnant with twins. And then he's like, oh my God. And Papa (laughs) King, Papa Royale is like, go to her, my son. Go to her. And she says, I'm giving you an heir and a spare. Groan. (laughs) That's also like... Mechanic humor, too. 100%. At one point, they're fucking and they're making, like, the first time they ever have sex, she makes all of these car references. <laughs> like, my engine's not warmed up yet. Like, just shit that you're like, would absolutely kill a boner like you wouldn't believe. So she's like, I'm giving you an air and a spare. And then Papa Royale is like, go to her. And then he does. And then confesses to her well not really confesses to her but says to her so old school people in this country are very turned off by you and the fact that you like repaired a truck at your fucking (laughs) welcome parade but holy shit does the younger generation love you you are a very modern princess with your own life and your own occupation and your own skills and you are crushing in the young demographic. So she just goes full Princess Diana and Meghan Markle. <laughs> I was gonna say, she's the people's princess. <laughs> she's the people's princess of the next generation and he's like, this is what's gonna usher in bringing my country into the next century is having this modern wife. Social media of starlet. Exactly. <laughs> and then that's the end. And it's so <laughs> fucking wild to me because the reviews of this book are like a beautiful happily ever after. And it's like at no point does he seem to actually love this woman. He just loves that people love her and that she gave him an heir and a spare. Like it was so ridiculous. And so I think that Melissa McClone felt like she was doing something feminist by having like a tomboy with like a man's job. But to me, the most feminist part of the book was the fact that she was kind to this other woman who she easily could have been jealous of. And Juliana could have been jealous and petty, but they were actually like became good friends. And then Juliana understood that like, Hey, this is what's best. I'm just going to go find someone else. Don't worry about it. But Oh my God. It was, it wasn't it was well written. It was very well written. There weren't like weird, but then there was just like the fucking the like sex talking about car. <laughs> like I love cars. I drive a 1974 Super Beetle. I got a 1969 Carmen Ghia. I fucking love cars. I love watching F1 racing. But like if you're in the sack with me and I'm making pit crew references, <laughs> shoot me in the fucking head. Like I can't Huss. You say that like a woman who's never gotten her oil changed. <laughs> Fucking dipstick. Like, I can't. Um, <laughs> so, I am giving this, because there was a sex scene. There was no descriptions of genitalia. It was not particularly hot, but there was a sex scene. So, I'm going to give it one out of five. 
And because she's from North Carolina, which is barbecue territory, I'm going to give her one (laughs) out of five spicy baby back ribs. And for the sex toy to accompany this journey, um, I'm going with a Swarovski crystalled um, butt plug. Like a princess plug. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With like the little like a big gem on yeah, the like a nice little troll, like a little troll bum, <laughs> like a little troll bum situation. Uh, yeah, a little princess plug. Um, so that was expecting royal twins with an exclamation mark by Melissa McClone. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I. I can't. I can't imagine Mia Thermopolis ever fixing anything, um, <laughs> except straightening her hair. Frankly, so maybe. She was the people's you know princess, what? as you said. She really was. Yep. Yeah, and and you know what? There's going to be a whole generation of little lady mechanics. Right? Now. Celestial mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> That's a throwback and a callback. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although Queen Elizabeth was a mechanic during the war. She. That's true. I- yep. So that could be that could be why Melissa decided to make that reference. I don't know. But um, she was. Yeah. Yeah, just the There's a sight sp- of her jumping off of that fucking carriage to hike up her dress. <laughs> I just was like, oh, no. Yeah, because yeah. I, when I think pe- like princess gown, I think of like a big poofy oh, yeah. prom dress. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm imagining. And I love and I, I hope like she hiked it up and there's just like big old like fucking welder boots under there she's like i got this and then she's like when she hopped back in the carriage she's like oh i wish i had a baby wipe and then just put the grease like just smeared it on her dress i was like okay no one is that fucking hillbilly at this point but yeah no kidding like she watches nascar and wants to work for nascar but she don't know what couture is like hmm. <laughs> doubtful um so on- she's gonna get sponsored on like her like she's gonna have like a crown that's like Gucci and then like <laughs> like Pennzoil on it and stuff. Trojan, yeah. I think because Trojan like they're yeah they're not using Tro- Trojan um, sponsors an NASCAR, so it just makes it extra funny. That is extra funny. Um, so that was my book for this week's theme of twins. How okay. about you? Yeah, I got one. Now, you'll be pleased to know that um, I did not look for incestuous fanfic this year. Oh, I'm so proud um, of you. But I did wish my brother a happy anniversary. So oh! <laughs> I did. Um, I'm not going to tell you what mine's called because it's going to give away what the story is. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I basically read, like, a Tomb Raider romance. <gasps> sort of. Ooh. Yeah. So, Amber... Um, comes from a long line of explorers and inventors. And she um, is really excited because she's finally gotten the go-ahead from the archaeology department that she works for to go to Dragon Island. And what's so important about Dragon Island is that her parents lost their lives when they, also archaeologists, went to explore the mysterious Dragon Island. And nobody ever found their bodies. They found their plane, like, smashed against some rocks in the ocean, but they never found their bodies. So, Amber is running around, getting ready for this trip, um, and making all kinds of quips about uh, Indiana Jones, of course. And she gets a call from um, her friend, who's, like, an assistant over at the 
archaeology department. He's like, you have to get down here really quick. Ford wants to talk to you. It's urgent. And she didn't know what it was about, so she rushes down. Ford is one of the professors in the archaeology department who's kind of in charge of getting her her funding and stuff to go on this trip. And so she kind of bursts into his office and is like, what's this about? And he's like, oh, may I introduce to you Thomas and William Mapother? Now, I didn't know that one of the characters' name was William. Also my brother's name. <laughs> the man that I read Star Wars fanfic with last time we did Twins. Um, happy anniversary, my sweet brother. <laughs> um, so this goes out to my brother. <laughs> so Thomas and William come from a very affluent, very wealthy, powerful family. And they are going on this trip with her. And she's like, no, they're not They're They don't know anything about what we're doing. And the professor's like, listen, you, you have to take these guys because they're going to actually pay for the trip. Like nobody else is paying for it. You have to take them. And she's, he's like, if you don't take them, you're not going. And she's like, fuck, fucking hate it. Fuck it. And of course, Thomas and William are twins. Very, very handsome twins. So they're getting ready to board the plane. Um, Amber has two other colleagues with her um, and um, they're, they're hitting the road and she's really annoyed with Thomas and William because like, they're just kind of like chatting with each other. They showed up in suits and she's like, no, I'm going to like lay down the law right now. And she's like, you two get to fucking work. And they're like, okay, um, so they're, they're flying out and everything's going well and they're happy until they hit a storm and the storm comes out of nowhere. Like nobody saw it. Nobody saw it on radar. Nobody saw anything. And of course it takes down her plane and they crash in the ocean and she wakes up on a beach. Now we learn that, um, one of her colleagues has been crushed in the in the crash the other one made it to shore uh because he jumped out of the plane but he's got a big like wound on his side and she gets her colleague to like a cave and she's like i'm gonna go find water i'm gonna we're gonna take care of this and she like heads out into the jungle and she finds all this stuff but as she's going through the jungle she sees all these mountains and she realizes she made it to dragon island because the mountains are shaped like spines like spinities mm-hmm. like Remember Trogdor and his mini uh-huh. spine days? Exactly like that. So she's like, okay, great. So she finds some water and uh, she's heading back. And then she runs into Thomas and Thomas is like, sup. She's like, what? How? I didn't see. Uh, where? How'd you make it here? Like, I didn't see any footprints in the sand. And she was like, it was like, cause that's cause because I carried you. No. Um, <laughs> he's like, no, I guess we just like, we landed softly. Um, but we brought a crate. We got a crate as we fell out of the plane. Um, so my brother William's here too. So help, let us help you uh, take care of your of your colleague. So they go and they get to the colleague. They patch him up. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to still have to explore this island. And at this point, Amber's like, something's fucky with these twins. Like, why are they here? Like, they're not being forthcoming. Something feels really, really weird. I don't understand. Um and as they're traveling through the forest, she's decided, like, I just I just want to get off this island. And um, at one point, Thomas is like, listen, I actually found something that I think you want to see. I think it's, you know, it's going to be really cool for, like, the discoveries and stuff. So she runs off with him and he's found a tree. 
He's found a big giant tree, like the biggest tree you've ever seen in your life. And there's like a, like a burrow in it, like a hole. And so she climbs down into the hole and he's like, look, look what I found. And it's like skeletons. And so she's like, oh, my God, this must mean that there was, like, a civilization here before. Like, there's people. And then she realizes, she's like, oh, wait, like, those, they have clothes on. And, like, that that wouldn't be from, like, generations ago. And she realizes it's her parents. <gasps> and they were dead under this tree the whole time. And she's like, fuck. And so Thomas is, like, consoling her. And he's like, look, I don't know what it's like, but, like, I lost my father. And, you know, I... We, you know, whatever you want to do, like, we're going to do it. And then William is like, listen, we didn't come all this way to just go back home. So let's get out there and fucking explore. And she's like, you're right. We're going to go explore this island and figure out what my parents were looking for. And so they start walking through the forest and they're they're carrying their friend along when a giant, humongous, wild boar comes through the forest and is like charging at them and they're like oh no we need to run but like the one friend's hurt right so william and thomas are dragging amber with her and then the friend's like just go i got this because he has a gun and he starts shooting at the boar but the boar just like tears him apart and it was extremely graphic for a romance novel (laughs) um it was like his guts were on the ground and i was like holy shit and so then william's like I got this and he runs and he jumps on the boar and like fucking has a little knife with him and he cuts him all and like murders this boar and he comes back and he's like your friend has been avenged and she's like what the fuck who are these guys and so she's starting to kind of like piece things together and she's like okay i I'm, it's like i'm missing something i don't know what's going on but like something's really really weird and like i don't understand and then she falls off a cliff <gasps> and she's like well i guess this is the way i go it's really too bad but as she's falling she hears a loud flap of wings and there's a dragon coming after her down the cliff and it grabs her and brings her back to safety. And then the dragon shifts into none other than Thomas because my book is called her dragon twins by Lily Wilder. (laughs) So it's about dragon shifters, a new, a new shifter breed on this show. So we find out that both Thomas and William are shifters, they're dragons, and the reason they wanted to come on this trip is because their father believed that there was um, kind of like a hidden past to um, the dragon legacy, um, that there were lots of dragon shifters living in secrecy and they were very private. um, And there's a secret that would enable them to be more in touch with their roots, but also like understand who they are in the scheme of things. Um, And then they find out that actually their father had commissioned her parents to find this island. So they're all intertwined. And so she's like, okay, all right. Okay. Um, And then I guess she and, and Thomas start like cozying up to each other. And she's like, oh my God, I'm like so attracted to this dragon man. And I don't know why. And then um later like thomas goes off and then she and william cozy up and she's like oh no and she feels like all this guilt and she's like i'm sorry i kissed him and like i feel so bad and then thomas is like dragons have different rules amber and we share everything and she's like everything and he's like yeah and so they fuck now they fuck a couple times 
in the story, all three of them. Um, and it's lovely. I mean, it's, it's very spicy. Um, no DP though, because that would make them gay. No, um, there was no, no DP at any point. I was like, that's a damn shame. Um, but whatever. So they, they bone and she's like, this is great. And I'm really happy. Um, but they have to continue on their quest, Julie. They got to figure out what the mystery of Dragon Island is. Mm -hmm. So they think, okay, well, if our ancestors came from this island, then they were obviously dragons. And the odds of us finding ruins on the ground, if they were actually dragons who could fly, is very slim. But I bet they have ruins in the mountains because that would have enabled them to fly in the sky more easily. So they shift into dragons. Amber gets on Thomas's back and they fly off to the mountains. And while they're up there, they're flying around. They don't see anything until they do. And then uh, William's like, I found something, but it's just a roar. He's like, rawr, rawr, rawr. they're like, okay. So they fly over to this mountain and there's like this big swirling staircase inside the mountain and they fly down it and it's just a big empty chasm. And they're like, oh, that's weird. So then they keep walking and another big empty chasm, but it's like all these rooms that are all attached. And so finally they make it to the third room and it's just like a fucking graveyard. Like, dragon bones everywhere shattered dragon egg shells baby dragon bones but they're all burnt to a crisp and so they're trying to figure out like what the fuck happened and they kind of surmise that like okay well dragons would have had a lot of treasure that's probably what these big vacant rooms were for and it looks like they were maybe murdered by other dragons and so they could have the the treasure and so they start to put it together and they're like wait our family has been really rich and prosperous and successful all these years like oh my god maybe um our ancestors stole all the treasure and, and like murdered all of these dragon people and they're like really pissed off about it and they're like oh no but the amber's like listen guys you are not your ancestors and they're like you're right and so they all like heal together they're like oh we can heal until they hear a noise above them at the top of the mountain oh, no. And a giant red dragon no! is burling, just burling towards them. And it's way bigger than they are when they're dragons. Who is it? None other than their uncle. Their uncle who has been trying to hide the truth from all the dragon kin kind for all of these centuries. Um, and he's there to shut it down. So then ensues a dragon fight. And it's awesome. Again, not romantic. Not at all. Um, but it had its place in this story. So there's like three chapters of dragon fights. Um, the twins win, obviously. Um, and they fucking take him down. And she's like, oh, my God, that was so hot. I don't even know. Um, and then they're like, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with all this information? And they're like, Amber, we want you to publish your findings. And she's like, really? That would really secure my place in the archaeological world. And they're like, yes. And it would help our people to, you know, connect with their history. And she's like, I love you guys so much. And they're like, well, we want people to come find us. So we're going to go use our dragon powers to uh, dismantle the storm that's protecting the island. So we'll BRB. So they go and they like beat at it with their wings and they're like dragon roars and like they, they make a path through the storm. And they come back. She's like, that was so hot. And they're like, I know, baby. So they're like, let's take a load off. And then they like have dragon sex again. Um, and then her friends come and find her on the island. And uh, she goes home with her dragon twins. 
Now, at no point was there the like the typical like uh what do they call it when they like latch on to somebody like their mate or whatever um there's none of that okay they didn't they didn't have sex with her as dragons which i've i've found in all the shifter books i've read is that they never fuck a human as an animal and it's not it's not that i'm disappointed julie Uh. it's not that i'm disappointed i just feel like it has its place and i'm sorry that it's not in any of the books i've read um okay i'm gonna say it was like i don't know if it's a real thing but i'm gonna give it a four out of five dragon pepper soup (laughs) i've just made that up i don't think it's a thing um it was really spicy but because they wouldn't like dp this woman like not in the same hole not in the front and back like no she had to like suck their dragon dicks in a greasy jungle she was into it, but I was like, no, that loses the point. Um, but she was really happy with them, and they they really were both very concerned for her pleasure. Now, they both went down on her together, which I feel is more gay than if they had both stuck their dicks in oh, her Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because it's like not only are they tonguing her vagina, they're tonguing each other's tongues at the same mm-hmm. time. But she loved it. She loved it, and uh, they loved her, and they protected her from their psychotic dragon uncle. What sex toy would I recommend? Well, obviously, any of the many, many dragon penis, dragon tongue, dragon wing, scaly, or dragon egg sex toys that exist on Etsy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot, and I have looked them up, and now my Etsy algorithm is <laughs> messed up. Um, anyone will do. Anyone. And uh, that's what I read. It was okay. You know what? It was a lot of adventure, and I like adventure. Mm-hmm. How long was it? Um, uh, 160 pages. Okay. Yeah, I just banged it out today. While my kid was having a bubble bath, I was like, boop, doop, doop. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I would read more from Lily Wilder, because all of her stuff is like reverse harem, shifters, um, like she writes um like paranormal romance and every time i hear paranormal i'm like ghosts yeah. but it's for her in her case it's all um shifters, shifters. yeah and i th- i think i just keep reading shifters cuz i'm like i want to read about all the different kinds of shifters yeah um but there seems to be like a really big push about like werewolves and lions and dragons and i'm like i want like a like the partridge one that was hilarious <laughs> It was hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to each their own. Not funny to me, but um, now yeah. I gotta ask, what are you gonna read? Um, I'm glad you asked. Are She's you? gonna read a little little scene where she gets caught kissing William. Um, now the parts I wanted to read, I tried to make it flow as best I could, but I'm trying to cut out a lot so I can get to the good dragon stuff. Okay. 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 All right. <clears throat> okay so at this point thomas has just come back from like a food run um and she's been making out with william okay william and i just kissed i blurted out thomas and william looked at each other please don't fight i said thomas sat down beside me and put his arm around my shoulders of course we're not going to fight amber we're dragon twins we share everything he said and kissed me 
I continued to watch them as my cheeks burned with this unsettling yet exciting desire, and eventually I pushed myself up to join them, standing behind them. When you said you shared everything earlier, does that mean what I think it means? I asked in a coquettish voice. The twin brothers stopped their conversation and turned to look at me. They strode forward, mirror images of each other, and were soon directly in front of me. Thomas reached out and brushed a strand of my hair behind my ear. William folded his arms across his broad chest. If it's something you want. It's rare that we find someone who understands our unique bond, Thomas said. I nodded slightly and opened my arms to welcome the man into me. They stood either side of me as, and I basked in their masculine warmth. They smelled of the earth, strength, smoky and dark. I looked up at them and my lips parted. Thomas looked at me admiringly and pushed my bra straps off my shoulder. William unclasped it and I poured out effortlessly. Thomas's hands brushed against my already erect nipples and breath rushed out of me. You're so beautiful, Amber. It's rare that a human can attract the attention of dragons. And they fuck a lot. Oh. Yeah. And none of, I mean, a, a few times she's like, I can't believe I'm fucking dragons. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I can't believe it either. You're like Laura Croft. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to read all the like nitty gritty because it's all just dick sucking. Yeah, which you know how I feel exactly, about that. Exactly, exactly. And she's like, his hot dragony load, and I'm like, Ooh! yeah, Ooh! it's like like fire down the back of my throat. I'm like, that's even worse. Oh. That's not refreshing at all. You're in a jungle. You don't want tea. Gross. Gross. It's super nasty. Not. Ooh, mm-hmm. Yeah. No. No. Again, I don't like to yuck people's yums, but. I don't even have a revulsion to head like you do. And even that I'm like, no, thank you. Well, in true Julie and Renee friendship and podcast mode, you read something filthy and weird. And I read something that could have been Christian. (laughs) So I'm going to follow up yours by reading you a passage from when she goes to fix the truck. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I, my fingers were crossed and you are, you're delivering. Okay. Thank you. So, I'm so I'm going to do exactly like you. I'm going to skip some parts so that I'm not reading for yeah. hours and hours, but yeah. Okay. <clears throat> the carriage came to a sudden stop. The driver set the brake. The two horses whinnied and pawed at the ground. She noticed the float in front of them had stopped too. A local official rushed up to the carriage. What is happening? I'm just going to give him a random British accent because I don't know what the fuck Vernononia is. Nico asked. That's a classic Hollywood move. (laughs) The truck pulling the dancer's float has broken down, your royal highness. We are summoning a mechanic. Finally, Izzy thought, a chance to be useful. She hopped out of the carriage without any assistance from the security. Nico followed her off. He stood next to her on the street. (laughs) What are you doing? She straightened her skirt. They need a mechanic. You are a princess. Why can't I be both? Izzy kept her voice low and a smile on her face. Jules would be so proud. It's inappropriate, Nico said under his breath. Unacceptable. She removed her white gloves. The parade must go on. Don't do this, Isabel. The people. I am more like these people than you. No, you are not. Do not do this. There will be consequences. You're overreacting. 
Izzy thought about Princess Diana, who had been known yeah. as the People's Princess. Diana hadn't give, been given that title by sitting around and waiting for others to take charge. I know what I'm doing. He pressed his lips together. Annoyance flared. Would you please stop with that royal stiff upper lip thing you always do? I don't know what you're talking about. As Izzy hurried past the float with the dancers, she tucked her gloves into a pocket on her jacket. An official fell into step with her. How may I be of assistance, your royal highness? I'm going to see if I can fix the truck. The man gasped. <gasps> we need a mechanic, ma'am. Izzy raised her chin. I am a mechanic. <laughs> Whoa! so bold of her to liken herself to Princess Di. Right? I mean, fuck. And the best part is, after she says, I am a mechanic, literally the next line is, and a damn good one, she thought. Oh, <laughs> shit. Um, oh, my God. You know what that made me think of? I, there's a story about Queen Elizabeth. And because she was like a mechanic and stuff, right? And and she worked on cars and stuff. I guess it was like a prince or a king or somebody from the Middle East had come to visit her. And so where like women don't drive in their country, right? They're not allowed. And so she insisted upon driving him around the grounds. Um, and she would like just go super fast and shit to freak him out. Um, and like he couldn't say anything because he was at her castle. And I just, I love, I obviously I'm butchering that story, but um, <laughs> the gist of it is Queen Elizabeth will fuck you up <laughs> and make you very uncomfortable. But yeah, love that story. It's just, it makes, it makes me think of that, like MIA, like song where it's, what is it, Bad Girl? Oh or yeah. Where she shot the video in Saudi Arabia where it's illegal yeah. for to drive. Yeah. Exactly. So imagine that video, but instead of MIA, it's Queen Elizabeth <laughs> and it's the grounds at Buckingham Palace. Oh my god. Can, can we yeah. someone who's good at making <laughs> these kinds of things, photo. can someone please make a photo or a video of just like <laughs> of her just cruising around or it's like Oh my god. Live fast, die young, bad girls, do it well. And it's just fucking Queen Queen, Queen Izzy just fucking kicking it. Oh my god. I love yeah, that. It's so like much. and like her little corgi oh, in the back. Fuck. Their little chunky butts <laughs> just throws them in the back and it's just like gets in their cars up on two wheels. Just fucking. Oh god, I live for this. Well, Izzy the mechanic is now queen of Vernonia with a guy who doesn't seem to give a shit about her, but we're supposed to be happy for her. So, <laughs> so um, that was it for twins. Gemini season. That's why we did twins. What are we doing next week, Renee? It's your birthday month. So you decide. So this is the thing. Listeners. Anne Rice mm -hmm. really spilled into stealing half of my birthday month. So uh, I only get two choices this month. Uh, and I'm going with book clubs. I book am clubs. in three book clubs. What? And I love to read so, so much. And I basically want to... Um, yeah, I, I'm putting... I know exactly which book I'm going to read. But I chose it this week because I, or this coming week, because I am dying to know 
what you're going to find mm. in the depths of the internet where you find all of the gems that you read week after week. So next week's theme is book clubs. I don't know if you knew this about me, but I'm in one book club. Oh. Um, it's only member is me, and I only read books about haunted houses and ghosts. Um, and I do it. It's called the I Ignore My Kids Book Club. Oh, um, okay. They're like, Mommy, I want chocolate milk. And I'm like, can't you see I'm reading? It's <laughs> really rude. And then like, I keep my book up while I get them chocolate milk. Um, but it keeps me going. It keeps you alive. And honestly, like, that's what we need. Whatever it takes. And for me, I, I just have always loved to read. And mm-hmm. I l- miss university solely for the discussions around books. I took a lot of lit classes in my undergrad and I just love, love, love talking about books with people. And so I want to know what a book club built around romance and erotica will look like. So as a birthday gift, blow me away with your choice, Renee. No pressure, but blow me away. It's going to be filthy and you know it. Oh, I'm fucking excited. I'm so okay. excited. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a book club is a perfect setting for an orgy, Julie. Well, this is what I'm hoping, but I just hope it's not fucking shifter orgies because I can't. I can't. You, you know what? A little menagerie menage never hurt anybody <laughs> in the literary world. Okay. Point taken. Yeah. So there you have it. Oh, what a, a wonderful. Little, sprinkle a little Cruella de in there and you've got a series. <laughs> now, it's time and I have to go find a book for next week. Yep. So do you want to do us the honors and sing us out? Hells to the yeah. <clears throat> Ravage love. Ravage love. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS, the number two, J Show. Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Ravage Love.